After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Sorry, are we talking about apples now or insurance? (laughs) (laughs) My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Veeves. Hello, Andrew. Are you as excited to talk about this New York Times article as I am? I sure am. I really enjoyed it, and I'm very excited that it falls in the perfect Venn diagram of my interests. We are, of course, talking about the piece about inflation and um, the f- <laughs> what the Fed is doing to battle that. Yes. Two things I <laughs> both understand and can talk about. No, that is that is not for us to discuss here. We are talking about this um, very nice profile of the actor who plays Flo in the Flo commercials and the progressive Flo commercials. Um, of course, that actor's name is Stephanie Courtney, and it was written, by the way, Stephanie Courtney, or at least Flo, and I think Stephanie Courtney, the actor, one of my favorite people that I've never met, I think, <laughs> written by one of my other favorite people that I've never met, I Katie you had, Weaver. You did meet Katie Weaver. Oh, not in person. Okay. Over the phone once. Good point. Um, yeah, we. so Katie Weaver used to write for Gawker. I mean, just an amazing writer. Used we to write been, for Gawker. We have been absolute super fans of Katie Weaver's writing since she was writing for Gawker, rest in peace. And then- To Ga- Gawker, not her. She's yeah, good. of course She's not. doing great. She's doing great. She's a, she's a, a staff writer, or contributor, or regular contributor to, I guess it's what, the New York Times Sunday- Magazine. Oh yeah, right? I just have it as the New York Times. I guess the New York but Times. Yeah, that's like for me because I read it all online. Like the lines between the different sections and mm-hmm. divisions really blur. But yeah, she's a she's a really wonderful writer. She's written a number of profiles for the New York Times, um, and she's always extremely. She's always been hilarious, and she does these profiles in such a way that you just they're so funny. Her mm-hmm. her she did a she also does like these sort of lifestyle explorations where she went like she went on this vacation package for like young alpha alphas basically like young women who are like extremely proactive socially and like want to make friends (laughs) on vacation okay and that is one of the if you haven't read that i'll put this is for the new york times or this is back in the old no i think this was for the new york times i'm pretty confident um i it is the one of the funniest reads you'll ever (laughs) you'll ever have the pleasure of enjoying um I'll post the link to it in in the show sheet today. Okay, as well. great. Yeah, so Katie Weaver wrote this piece that I think sheds light on the pro- on the progressive flow campaign and fills in some of the the historic details, some of which we've discussed on the show before. Also, kind of explains why it has such longevity fifteen years. Fifteen years. Fifteen years, and to me, the quality has not dropped. That is unprecedented I think at least in my opinion for a commercial campaign it really is astounding I mean Katie Weaver describes it best I'm never going to improve on her phrasing when she says um, what makes the it's called the superstore campaign uh-huh. which doesn't make a lot of sense because flows the centerpiece yeah, it, we'll, but it, we'll get to it but yeah. it's called the superstore campaign what makes the superstore campaign not just notable but virtuosic is its freakish longevity yes exactly um, and, and then to stave off what is called the wear out phase 
when content becomes so familiar it is no longer effective they're perpetually altering the ads just enough to keep them novel that's right and they do it really well they we talk do. all the time about how that's very hard to do well we do so we'll get more into this article by katie weaver about flow and about um stephanie courtney and her 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 path to becoming flow which is also super interesting and honestly by the time i got done reading this thing i was just like oh i do know what my life's ambition is it's to be the best friend of these two women oh. and just to hang out with them all the time that would be very fun so <laughs> we'll explore more about my dreams and passions too <laughs> also uh, that's much better than an, an impact that a recent magazine article had on me which was simply to outlive Peter Thiel. <laughs> I think I heard you mumbling and grumbling and occasionally yelling about that. Oh, also, and I don't know anything about this part, but you're very excited to share some of the comments in the comments section about this article. Oh, my gosh. Because... I have a special seg segment called, These are the most obtuse comments. <laughs> you said that Katie Weaver's articles often attract these kinds of comments because she's writing kind of almost for a different audience and on a different if level you don't understand than the stodgy where her jokes are coming yeah. from and like what her style of humor is you're you should probably just not read anything by her if you consistently read something by katie weaver and think like why is this lady doing this weird thing like just put the paper just switch to a different section just go read the sport just go go read the sport <laughs> go read the sport <laughs> okay so we'll we'll obviously we have a lot to say about this article because we're just in the forward promo part of the show right now we'll <laughs> yeah. circle back around to this and maybe maybe this might be a long show you know i really <laughs> where I, in which i read a 6000 word article <laughs> out loud word for word <laughs> i um i hope that katie weaver does not suffer from a lack of, of confidence, although I think, I think all people do at some points of their life. But I like to think that if Katie Weaver ever had a a bad day, she could just dial up this podcast and <laughs> listen to us just geek out before we even get to the content about how beloved she and her work is. Um, also, we will uh, bring you another installment of a little segment I like to call with love from me to YouTube. I'm going to play for you a commercial I found on an old VHS tape. Um, it's an AT&T commercial that I think has really interesting uh, casting and I guess character choice. Okay. And so, I, I almost wonder if you can maybe shed some light on that. And um, I think we have some really interesting things in the ad council as well, including a letter that was sent in that we didn't get to it last week from somebody who said there's a long standing tradition of playing a commercial. Um, I can't remember what market it was in. I think somewhere in Pennsylvania that ran for like 10 or 15 years. And then recently they just reshot it shot by shot and recast it, but it's almost identical. Weird. It, yeah, We have the two commercials side by side. We'll take a look at that. But first let's get into the flow. Jump in the flow. Okay, Viv, so I know that you took a lot of notes on this article. Where would you like to begin? Maybe at, at Stephanie Courtney, the actor's sort of like career leading up to Flo, or do you want to start with the campaign itself? No, let's start with a little bit of her career leading up to it, because I think it's really interesting. And this is something I feel like we've talked about, and I'm sure we have on this show, the, the, the strange phenomenon that must happen to people like Stephanie Courtney, like the AT&T guy, the can you hear me now guy, mm -hmm. 
you know, that was parodied Paul. and Paul, right? That was, you know, very that was aptly sort of lampooned or explored in in Party Down with, you know, Adam Scott's character becomes famous for one campaign where he's just the are we having fun yet guy. And it kind of ruins his life in a certain way, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it it threatens to permanently end his his aspirations to a more conventional career as an actor. And we should mention that he plays a um caterer. Right. Yeah, he's he's a caterer <laughs> Which in is the very show. apt here. Uh because it mentions that Stephanie Courtney also basically was paying her bills by being a caterer. That's right. I didn't. Yeah. You know, you're right. I he, thought that's why you were bringing it up. Well, I wasn't. I had forgotten that that's mentioned in here. But yeah, like that's. I mean, that's before she gets this gig. But yes, but, yes. But like when she was a really struggling actress and comedian, she was. Ba- she came out to L.A. and couldn't land gigs and racked up a whole bunch of debt. And one of the ways she was paying the bills that she could pay was <laughs> through catering. Yeah, exactly. And she was doing a lot of work with the grant. Like she was one of the people um, who was trying to break into comedic acting. She started out wanting to do kind of traditional stage work Broadway and then as Katie's as Katie Weaver writes um after I believe it's after dream reassessment decides to try to to go for like the comedic actor route and she gets involved with the groundlings which is where a lot of SNL character SNL actors get uh kind of uh scouted and auditioned Mm -hmm. and she's doing really well there in so far as like she's doing well in the groundlings she's like making her way up through you know how improv works right like you First, you start off as basically a customer of the improv, like, system or club or Mm -hmm. business or whatever it is. But then you kind of work your way up through it till you're in the more, like, prestigious shows where where talent scouts might see you. But she just kept getting routinely shut down. Not Um, by her castmates, but by by scouts, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So, like, um, SNL specifically, I think she dreamed of working at SNL. And um, so, like, people like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Rubens, Melissa McCarthy, they all came from the Groundlings. Kristen Wiig, who mm-hmm. was actually friends with Chris, uh, mm-hmm. Stephanie Courtney, came from the Groundlings. And who has amazing things to say about um, yeah, who Stephanie's time there and says that she was one of the funniest people ever. Um, but, uh, but SNL kept rejecting her. Yeah, and so they basically said at one point, and this, you were going to read the quote directly there, like, please stop sending her out. We are not interested. Yeah, and she was humiliated by that. Yeah, it was pretty humiliating. And it just felt, she says, I re- remember feeling so terrible and just embarrassed, like a weird shame. Mm-hmm. Like, I should even walk around. Um, so that's how powerful... You know, that kind of like the Lorne Michaels ability Mm -hmm. to like pluck somebody from obscurity is Mm -hmm. even just getting to uh, to audition for things that does mention that she was in Mad Men, which I remember. Do you remember that? Once I read it, it it rang a bell. Yeah. She she had a tiny role in Mad Men. She actually auditioned for Joan, which is hard to picture her as Joan. Yeah, because it's a kind of serious role. Yeah, it's serious. And it's also like, I mean, I think Stephanie Courtney is a beautiful woman. But it's hard to picture her as like maybe because of the way she's in such a sexless role for the last 15 years. And that's how we've come to know her as flow yeah. as flow. But it's sort of hard to picture her as like a bombshell the way mm-hmm. that uh, Joan is. Yeah, there's a lot of sex appeal with the Joan character. Yeah. So like Andrew said, she was although I think that but I do think that not that this is where the conversation needs or should go. But I do think that Stephanie Courtney is attractive. I think that she's. I think her attractiveness is 
specifically played down for the flow That's character. what I mean about it yeah. being sexless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't think, you know what I mean? So could Stephanie Courtney, if she's made up to be more of a bombshell, could she play a bombshell? I'm not the person to say whether or not, but I'm not going to give it a no. Yeah, I mean, that was the early 2000s. She would have been in her 30s by then. Mm-hmm. And that's what's another That's another thing that um, this article makes the point. Um, by the time she gets this audition or gets this she books this commercial with uh with a insurance company um she's 38 years old which is described here as um like the an unheard of number in hollywood yeah so i I don't even think katie weaver gives the age right she just says she moves to la when she's an unheard of age yeah exactly (laughs) um but so this is how this is how the commercial went when she went for this first superstore commercial. And keep in mind, I think we've talked about this, but the idea for flow was not flow per se. It was the idea that insurance is a difficult thing to conceptualize for people. And so I love this phrase. Let me see if I can find it here. Sorry, it's a huge article. Um, it's the idea that you can turn the, you can change insurance from something that you have to buy to something that you get to shop mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. And so they try to turn this abstract concept that you, you can't see or taste or hold insurance in your hand, but they try to turn it into like a physical place that you go and buy a thing in a store. Something tangible. Something tangible. And so and, that's why yeah. you're in this like white void with boxes sitting on a shelf like a blockbuster. Exactly. And they're all sort of like Katie Weaver does a good job of describing them as like they could be like cereal boxes or paint cans or whatever it is but then they wrap them in a very generic looking like white I think white or blue packaging that just says progressive and so you can go into a store and like choose your products. It's turning insurance kind of into a product and this was a two-pronged approach for progressive back then 15 years ago it was the the superstore ads which introduced us to flow and I believe other clerks and characters at that point too although I could be wrong about that maybe she was the only cashier uh, in that series of commercials but you also had that box of insurance personified and animated and then voiced by Chris Parnell yeah um, and again just like all progressive trying to say like insurance isn't an abstract concept yeah and so and and so th- one of the other things that they that they talk about in this in this article is how before Progressive introduced Flow and before the Geico, the Gecko Geico was introduced, um, people just like had a very vague idea of insurance. Like, it's, let me see if I can find it here. Um, people, they did like surveys and even people who had Progressive Insurance <laughs> didn't know the name of Progressive Insurance. Yeah, it was yeah. so like in the same way, like I don't, you know, I don't know very much about like the utilities that we have. You know, I, I could probably like scrape up the name of our utility providers, but I don't think about them in the way that I think about like a brand, Mm -hmm. you know, like I know what brand my shoes are or my car is because that's like a different kind of thing that you purchase. Can I just mention one thing that wasn't in this article that I was surprised about, something that you've raised a bunch, which is insurance is also one of the rare products or services that we are legally most bound. of us are legally bound to yeah buy. i mean yeah. only if you have a car but like that's a huge percentage of the adult right. population and you know so while we're talking about and i think again katie weaver does a good job of talking about this abstract concept of the insurance marketplace and then the push to make it more uh well less abstract um but also the fact that 
it's important because everybody has to have it. Most so have you to have you know it. at yeah. some point if you don't like the the provider you have, you're going to be looking for something else. Or if you're a young driver or a new driver, or you or you've moved states or something, you have to once again go and buy insurance. Yeah. You're compelled to literally. Um, they get into that a little bit. Not the why. Not the why so much is spent on advertising, but the how much is spent on advertising. This is incredible. Uh, according to AdAge, in 2022, Progressive spent more than two billion dollars on advertising in the U.S. Wow. More money into the effort than McDonald's, Toyota, or Coca-Cola. Um, and then the entire industry spent just shy of 11 billion dollars. Wow. So that's like across, you know, State Farm and yeah. Allstate and all that. That's more money than was spent on all the top beer brands combined. Whoa. Okay. Um, so so all the insurance combined yeah, more than all the beer than combined. All the beer that doesn't combined. surprise me because, you know. You don't have to buy beer. I mean, your your experience notwithstanding. <laughs> I am also compelled to buy beer. Um, <laughs> you know, at some point, we'll probably just open up the, um, you know, iSpot page that is dedicated to progressive commercials and just play them because it's hard to talk about this stuff without playing the commercials. But I'd also like to insert here, not something that the article brings up, but like Progressive alone has three of the best campaigns going right now. Yeah. You have Flo, you have Dr. Rick, and the other one. <laughs> I'm blanking on the other. Oh, the, well, I, maybe this is more arguable, but one of my favorite campaigns is the Throw the Red Challenge Flag I, campaign. I really agree. That's I a think good it's, one. the writing is fantastic. And so these are not ads, whereas I think that like Geico for a while was flooding the marketplace with tons of different and various ads. It's but as they all blank had, as blank. Yeah, but they were very cheap and cookie cutter. Like these are like really well shot, really well written yeah. and very well acted spots. I agree. They're the production value is higher, and yet they seem to come out with them as frequently, almost as frequently as Geico. Mm -hmm. Geico yeah. truly has flooded the zone. But me, you, you were setting up the very first yeah, commercial. Yeah, so let me tell you about this first commercial and what it was like to shoot it, and then maybe we can play it because mm -hmm. we found it. Um, so she was her life was all on credit cards. This is 2007. Oh, this is it. Her age was a number almost unheard of in scenic Southern California. <laughs> Even the commercial gigs were slowing down. She'd been doing commercial work. Her first commercial she ever booked was for, um, I think it was a Bud Light ad. Yeah, did you go back and watch that? I didn't, actually. We should try to find that I one. have it right here. Okay. You want me to, do you want to start with that one? Yeah, let me describe that one. Okay. And, and it's interesting, too, because it tells you, I didn't know this, about how they get paid for things. I didn't realize that commercials paid residuals. I did not either. I figured you would sign a contract as a, you know, in, for your for your time on set and then maybe something beyond that if you're the star of a commercial. I didn't realize that, like, you're really banking on a commercial running a lot if you want to get those residuals. Yeah. So this is what this was this Bud Light commercial it was 1999 a Super Bowl ad. Um, <laughs> Courtney says I was in the back going like this, making a face that a girl in the back might make as two guys in the checkout line, short on cash, debated whether to purchase toilet paper or Bud Light. And she really hoped that it would be one of those ads that would run for years and years, uh, because the way big broadcast commercials are paid is that actors receive one sum for their day of work. Uh, and residuals in 13-week cycles as long as it plays thereafter. As long as it plays. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I knew that about sitcoms. I understand sure. how residuals work. I just didn't realize that, like, I mean, think about some of the commercials that you've seen for 
Think about the incestuous and years and years. brother and sister in yeah, that Folgers ad. I don't know. Those two are going to have enough money to run off together. <laughs> those, those dirty birds are just raking it in. Of course, this seasonal, so maybe maybe not so much. So um, let's play this Bud Light yeah, ad so, where she's the girl going like that in the back. Sort of. Well, she's the thing <laughs> is, unless a longer version of this ran, the only version I could find online anywhere, and it seemed pretty consistent to be this one, a 30-second spot, as you mentioned, it's like a grocery store, more like probably more of a... Um, corner market or something like that and you have these two real bro dudes go in and they come up to the cash register and they dump a whole bunch of stuff on the counter but one by one they realize oh I can't afford all this take this off the list take this off the list and then they're just down to a six pack of Bud Light and a roll of toilet paper and there's this moment of tension as they try to decide what are they going to prioritize (laughs) they of course prioritize the beer and then the, the rest of the brief commercial is them um emphasizing that they need as much paper as they can. The the uh, ad is called paper or plastic. And I so see. when they say paper or plastic, they say paper because <laughs> they had to give up their toilet paper. And then they grab a receipt hungrily at the end, knowing that that receipt may come in handy in the bathroom as well. And I mean, they say if you blink, you miss it. I had to watch this three times yeah. to find flow back there sorry stephanie courtney back there <laughs> like it is and she's not even do whatever she describes in this article has been cut out of this commercial she's not even making a face she's just glowering she's just like behind them for a split second kind of giving a kind of giving a dirty look see if you can identify uh, identify her in this Eve. sorry So just to be clear, this is the cashier who says sorry. She, um, what does she do? She kind of, she. I need a time out here. Yeah. Is that Sharona? Is that who that is? This is the hidden story here the, from uh, Monk. Yeah, uh, Sharona Monk's from first Monk nurse. is played by. Nurse slash assistant. Uh, Biddy Shram. She was also in a league of, our, league of their own. I think that is her. Wow. Good eye. So anyway. She has a really distinctive like New York accent. Yeah. So she, she's the voice that you hear. Stephanie has no lines in this. Uh, again, she's just deep in the background. But yeah. So the guy uh, goes to ring up all of these snacks and food and various things. He gives her a credit card. The credit card is handed back. So apparently there was not enough funds on the credit card, I think, is what we're seeing here. Sorry. Scrambling for cash. Uh uh-uh, uh, not enough. They get rid of a bunch of the groceries. No, still short. For the great taste that will fill you up and never let you down. Paper or plastic? Paper. Make it a Bud Light. Guys, need a receipt? Sorry, I did blink and I did miss it. Even you still didn't see it. Yeah, yeah it's sorry. at the very. I got, I got distracted trying to make sure that was Biddy Shram. It's no. It, there I mean, she is. It, okay. It's the very, very end. This is. I'm gonna say less than a second. She's just She's behind these two bros, leaning on her cart, kind of looking put out sort a little of, bit. Yeah, sort of put out that these two idiots are have like came come to come to the register with no money and no strategy for getting what they need. But I'm going to hit play again here. I don't know if the sound is up, but this is yeah, about one full second. About yeah. one full second in this 30-second version. I don't know if a longer one ever aired. Um, so that was Stephanie Courtney's first foray onto the television screen. So obviously not a huge role and amazing that you can get paid for that. I mean, but you're the a residual check from that's got to be like 
a few cents at a time, right? Yeah, and it was a Super Bowl ad. It said it ran for, she was hoping it would run months, and it ran for 13 weeks or something. So, right? Am I right about that? About It I, just said that it would played closer to a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and now... We're going to play this first, like, kind of flow commercial from Progressive. But if you don't mind, I'm going to set up the dazzling deet in this, which was something I did not remember from this commercial. Well, did you want me to tell you about how, like, what it was like going to that, to this set? Oh, sure. I don't know if I remember that part. Um, So this is when she was, like, she was, you know, sort of maybe kind of getting to the end of her her attempt to be an actress. doesn't say that, but I feel like that's written between the lines. She's getting older. The commercial work is drying up. She's totally like living on debt. She's in debt to everybody. Um, but she books this ad as a cashier at an insurance company. She arrived at 530 in the morning of the shoot to have bangs cut into her hair, which if you see her in here, she does have like a big sweeping bang, especially in this first one. I feel like I guess she still has maintained the bang throughout the throughout I think the thing. so, but yeah. Or, cut, or some sort even, of, it's like, it's more bouffante now, I sort yeah, of feel Yeah, I think like it's gotten I, more bouffante, but it's so weird to me that they didn't just stick her in a wig. Like, they cut her mm-hmm, hair for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and she texted her, she texted a look of her, uh, the her finished look to her boyfriend, now husband, uh, to say, like, look at this crazy thing they did to me. Um so in the first in the first script, and maybe they did a couple at one time, it ended with a customer who, upon realizing the quali- quality of the deal he was receiving, says, wow, to which the cashier, whose name tag says Flo, was instructed to just have a funny reaction. And because she was an improv uh, alum from the Groundlings, she just improved it and she says wow back and then says i say it louder yeah with that was the dazzling deed i want to talk about like i did not remember that part of this commercial we've talked about this commercial a lot and the origins of of flow not supposed she wasn't set up to be the focus of the commercial campaign right she was just playing this particular cashier for i think maybe a handful and it of sounds commercials like flow was just a random name that they, they stuck on a they name put, tag. yeah and you know uh, maybe with some thought but it wasn't like okay this is Flo's big debut, you know. Right. Um, she, but, but apparently, the guy's supposed to say "Wow," and she's supposed to just look a little taken aback by his excitement, and she just yells back, "Wow!" I say it louder, <laughs> and it is it is so funny and crazy at the same time. Welcome to Progressive.com. Did you find your policy okay? I did. Saved over three hundred fifty dollars. We have a savings of three hundred and fifty dollars. A savings of three hundred and fifty dollars. You know, that comes with concierge claim service, local response claim service, and 24-7 live support, all at no extra charge. Wow. Wow. I know. I say it louder. <laughs> Have a great day. Lots of extra features. And to me, that is just... First of all, I love that joke. Yeah. I love that she just improved it. And they were like, oh, that's great. Let's roll with that. And I assume there were various takes or whatever. But it just is one of those things where the entire future of both Stephanie Courtney and, in a certain way, the advertising landscape for a decade plus was based on uh, one or a handful of people's reaction to her improv. That improvisation. Her uninvited improv. Yes. Well, it was. She decided to try that. She was just supposed to look taken aback, but she said, wow, I say it louder. She was supposed to have a funny reaction. I thought it was just a, but a silent reaction. I think the article specifically says that. Uh, I don't think she was so. not supposed to. Yeah, the article specifically says she was not supposed to have a line there. Um, but she d- is that not true? I don't think so. Okay. Um, but either way, somebody liked that reaction, and so therefore, 
flow she is was, born. She was instructed only to have a funny reaction. Oh, okay. I pictured that as being a that, silent reaction. That could but be okay. different things. Yeah, but anyway, but it's just the fact that like whoever is in the room liked it that day. If they had been yeah. in a different mood, if it had been a different person on right. set directing it, it could have just been forgotten. Because and this they just, wasn't the plan. And, and then yeah. Chris Parnell becomes like the face of, of Progressive for much longer, or the voice, I should say. Yeah, and she really, I mean, you talk about changing the landscape, like now, uh, like you think about, and this the, the article gets into this, that like the way that insurance now sells itself this is Katie Weaver. Increasingly, insurance corporations attract business not by building trust between their customers and local agents, because why would you do that, um, but by successfully ascribing positive characteristics to the fictional characters who anthropomorphize the companies and products and ads. And so you've got the gecko, which was first, but is also like, you know, somewhat more limited in its ability to create you know to create mm -hmm. comedy i think and originally voiced by kelsey Grammer for i don't yes. know if that was more than one commercial or not uh yeah i don't know either um and then it was the aflac duck um the liberty mutual limu emu professor burke which is the jk simmons mm -hmm. uh guy um jake from state farm and mayhem from allstate mm-hmm um the only one and maybe and i'm i'm still rooting for liberty Biberty. <laughs> you know, based on the he's uh, making a he's making a bit of a comeback based on in those the commercials. most recent Liberty Mutual ad, yeah. he might be making a play for the throne. I love it. Um, but like this was a kind of a new idea. Like insurance just wasn't really advertised like that before these these characters were invented. And it was you know like we just said like she wasn't invented; she invented herself. Mm -hmm. Really, I mean, they saw the talent, and obviously she didn't like they. She was hired to do this. She didn't like go on a one woman crusade to create flow. But it really did start with her just having this comedic impulse in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and so she like the the amount of like when let's see, here it is. This is how much progressive has this valuation has increased since since her first ad. The year the ads premiered, um, the progressive stock price was under fifteen dollars. It recently closed at one hundred and fifty seven dollars. And he said this is the like their marketing guy. I can't give Flo all the credit, but I think she really has become synonymous with the brand. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and a lot of people in the comment section on this article were like, I, well, a lot of them were like, oh, I never watch commercials. And it's of like, course. congratulations, I guess. But a lot of them were like, were I don't. people putting that in our reviews when we were new and asking <laughs> people to review us on yes. iTunes? People like, well, I don't like commercials. It's like, okay, well, you can just skip this one. Then. <laughs> it's so hilarious to me. Um, but it's an interesting question. Like, why do people choose, you know, an insurance company? Like, I definitely chose an insurance company because I looked for, like, I compared the rates. But I think that the group of insurance companies that I thought about comparing rates among was influenced by how much of their how much awareness I had of them through marketing mm -hmm. you know one of the things I found interesting about this too and I, I, I don't want to go into the detail of this because I want people to read this article and I don't want to kind of spoil it but I will just say that Katie Weaver like some of the best profilists pro, not profiler that has a different connotation <laughs> but you know the people who write these just immensely charming often humorous profiles of famous people um what they do best is inserting themselves not too much into the article, but to kind of just 
just to add a little bit of their character to it. And so there's a really funny scene in this about kind of having to having to split the bill and fight with her editor about something about some caviar, I believe, or yeah. escargot or caviar, caviar that that was ordered during her interview um, with Stephanie Courtney. That that is incredible. But more to the point of what we're here to talk about is I thought an amazing comparison to talk about Flo's imprint like that character and Stephanie Courtney as an actor her imprint on the campaign and the tone of the campaign and they this might sound like a leap at first but one of the people interviewed I, I don't know if this was a consultant or somebody who works on the campaign or what uh, compared it to Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, role uh, as uh, the Iron Man yeah yeah I love this Did you part. say the Iron Man the Iron Man it's just it's Iron just Man like right Iron it Man, came yeah. out weird uh, as Iron Man um, because it's his portrayal and I'm going to quote here was so incredibly charming fast talking but just sort just sort of self-effacing and then every Marvel movie became that tone yes. so that was his the actor's interpretation of that role ends up being the tone setter yeah. for the entire goddamn franchise Absolutely. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they're saying that's what Stephanie Courtney brought to flow which then impacted the entire campaign and I would even argue potentially some of the other campaigns like Dr. Rick like finding something that is even truly some of the other funny. brands yeah like, sure I think that the J.K. Simmons character owes a lot to mm. to flow you know you talk about we talk about this article talks about how kind of think about how Robert Downey Jr. is as Iron Man and how his the 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 way he interacts uh, with the story and his self conception and all of that like that tone becomes pervasive. Everybody's like taking their cues from that tone mm -hmm. and different through different directors through different um, you know characters, all of it. And this talks a little bit about how her surreal cheer. And the extent to which her enthusiasm for competitively priced insurance veers into pathological obsession <laughs> are winks at the old-fashioned idea of advertising. The implication through exaggeration is that today's audiences are too sophisticated to be swayed by an unrealistic pitch man. What's, what might that be describing that we like to talk about on this show? Might is, it be... Is it... Postmodern. I think it's postmodern. We need a sounder for that because yeah. I think I mean ever <laughs> since you did a show on postmodernism in commercials, what three, four, five years ago Something, now. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, there's a lot of different aspects to postmodernism, but this idea of self, of kind of being ironic, but also self-knowing yeah. and kind of acknowledging that this is a commercial or setting up being like. In a commercial saying, we know that you don't believe in commercials. That's yeah. why we're just here to tell you our brand is better or whatever, like acknowledging its role. And that's exactly, I don't know if you heard me yelping, but that's was the, I was reading this article in my office earlier and I think I made uh, some sort of sound that might have indicated you knew I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I, they get so close to using the P word here. Um, <laughs> they say it's a, in the current proliferation of funny insurance commercials, it's this is kind of an ironic advertising ads that recognize they're a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Like that's that, that's how we really talk about postmodernism as a as a concept here. Um, do you want to talk about how much money Flow makes? Well, does anybody know? Well, nobody knows. I love the description. Uh, uh, Katie <laughs> Katie Weaver says that um, when she was talking to I think the the marketing uh, head at, at Progressive, who obviously would know how much she's been paid. Um, I told him about an online speculation that Progressive pays Courtney $1 million, $1 million per year to star in the commercials. 
He smiled silently at me for a few seconds without moving. Oh, sorry, it's a lady. I was going to say, I was going to correct you on that, but after my other uh, mistake before, I didn't want to. <laughs> uh, Kent smiled silently at me for a few seconds without moving the muscles of her face one millimeter, like a buffering video of herself. It was only when I declared my own guess for Courtney's annual salary, a figure much higher than one million, that she stopped buffering. And she said, that's a wide range, isn't it? <laughs> well, Kent said... That's a wide range, isn't it? <laughs> but basically, she talked to like an industry. Katie Weaver talked to like an industry expert about like how much someone might expect to be paid for a, mm-hmm. a campaign that has run this long, over two hundred spots, over fifteen years, and uh, an annual figure like ten million would be in the ballpark. Yeah, I mean, one million a year for flow seems would be criminally low, right? I mean, I don't know. Like one million a year, she probably does. You know. 15 spots a year. But it's the value to the company. It's not the value to her. I mean, she is the face of one of the most successful advertising campaigns that is still going strong. She holds a lot of power in those negotiations. Well, she to did say, say that she got a business manager um, that one of the first things she did after she like started making real money from this campaign was get a business manager. And this is my very favorite dazzling deep from this whole story. Jake from State Farm, an actor named Kevin Miles, mm-hmm. I believe, when he got that campaign, he like came to visit her and was like, tell me what I need to know. And mm-hmm. she said my best advice to him was to get the business get, manager. Get the business manager, yeah. Um, so I want to play some more tape here. I, I was going to tell you um, that I was just clicking around on all the progressive advertisements that have kind of popped up lately. And what I think is the newest one had me sort of howling. It's got a lot of haterade in it, Genevieve. And I know you love you some haterade. I love haterade. And what I think is interesting is I, I watched this spot and then I went back to the article and then the kind of closing scene of this profile is Katie Weaver goes to the shoot of a progressive ad. And I'm pretty sure because of something that she says about it, this is the commercial that she was on set for, the one I'm about to play for you. Yeah. And, and it's really funny. And I like the fact that Katie Weaver takes the time here to point out that like this is a huge production. What did she say? It's like, she said there's enough like staff and equipment to put to... a Taylor Swift concert on the moon <laughs> exactly like that. yeah that they have to uh, they don't just like rent one house to stage a scene in one house they rent an entire neighborhood of real houses yeah. somewhere in the hills of LA and everybody leaves maybe not the hills but somewhere in, yeah. in Southern California and everybody leaves their homes so that they, they can do this shoot and like basically take over a neighborhood it's incredible it's I mean, that's, really you know, that's really why they're incredible. that's why they're spending two billion dollars so let me play for you this commercial that again I think this is the latest flow commercial and it really had me laughing so it starts off you see a man in a like some sort of modest dwelling like it looks like a baby's room somewhere like a nursery but it doesn't seem like it's a you know super affluent house necessarily and he's cradling a newborn baby and then flow as a pitch person comes out and says um, you know we have a special deal for new parents but then she continues to say we also have special deals for i don't know teachers and students she starts listing all different people all people from all different walks of life point being that this deal is not specifically for people i feel like a lot of insurers are doing that these days that's very much the state farm Uh, um like thing like where jake oh you don't have to be on the inside somebody tells jake Jake some like embarrassing information about themselves because like I forget exactly the logic, but it's like, oh, this must just be for me who, you know, has 
pet frogs that, you know, I, that I like, and, you know, like these, all these sort of like these very like things. And, and Jake says like, oh no, it's for everybody. So what I like about this commercial is as she's listing these people, she's doing so like pretty, pretty flippantly and carelessly. At one point she just says, we also, we also have a special deal for cat ladies, which I think that is daring for progressive. I mean, I know that it's not like a, a you know, some sort of a, a protected class no, of Americans. Not. Having said that, I could imagine people getting really angry at that designation and writing in. Can't you? Maybe I'm too... I, like, I wouldn't just casually say Cat Lady on TV. Here's what I think about Cat Lady. I think that... That's an interesting question. Like, is it is it inherently... Like, if you are a woman of a certain age yep. and lifestyle and you have cats and someone refers to Cat Ladies, do you feel uh, targeted? I could see people feeling that way because there's some sexism in there and there's some also some like, well, just because I love my cat, don't put me in this category of like an, of a spinster or somebody who's socially awkward and yeah. all of the kind of like stereotypes that go along with cat lady. Well, I think you can't definitely don't say spinster. We've got right. deals for spinsters. Um, <laughs> I, I think with cat lady, it's a, it's enough of a category that like it is sort of like permissible to laugh at. And you either don't see yourself as a cat lady, so you're laughing at someone who is, or you know that you are, and you're, I, you are embracing it and laughing at yourself a little bit. You're saying that cat ladies have senses of humor. I think a lot of people and women, you know, women who would be cat ladies, um, you know, I, you know, I, I feel like you see a lot of people getting like, oh yeah, I'm the crazy cat. I'm the, you know, if yeah. you love your cats, and if believe me, if you, if I didn't live with you, I would just be a crazy cat lady. And then my favorite part of this commercial comes at the very end where we see a young lady at a cafe and, well, you'll hear how she is described. <laughs> a first child can be stressful. So to make things a little less overwhelming, Progressive is offering special rewards for new parents. But we're not stopping there. We think even cat ladies deserve rewards. Left-handed people, people with birthdays, recent grads who can't move on with their lives. All of them, and these people we found on the internet, can be automatically enrolled in the Progressive Loyalty Program and get special rewards. Even people who just got back from Europe. It's actually pronounced croissant. <laughs> I was just in Europe. <laughs> and tagging it with her telling somebody at a table nearby that I was just in Europe. I that, like it. Oh, that's I think everybody comes in for a little bit of a, a drubbing there, and it's and it's fine. Like cat ladies, left-handed people. I mean, everybody gets like they're they're gently poking fun at lots of different groups with that music, and then the shot at the end of of like you sort of see this collage of all kind of different people's faces, yeah. like kind of squared up. Does that give you like a? infomercially or almost like an ITT tech commercial sort yeah, of. Yeah, kind like, of one of those for-profit university uh, Do you get that vibe, vibe a yeah, little I can, bit? I can see that. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's an intentional or I don't think it's a very uh, pointed parody of that, but I do think it borrows a little bit from that idea of like, you know, this, this product is for everybody. People of all classes and races and genders etc uh -huh. etc et um and maybe i'm thinking too that they seem to be in a mode where they're sort of parodying that's a hard word to say parodying um different styles of commercials for different products yeah it, um because there is this one i'm gonna see if i can find this here on the fly which i might not be able to do but at the very beginning of today's show i played a little bit of tape for the shit like this drop at the top and this starts off as a, like kind of almost like a fake commercial for apples we see like an that 
just classic <laughs> tropey like apple farmer out in an orchard somewhere. Sorry, that just makes me think of a specific bit from Rick and Morty. Are you hungry for apples? Oh, I don't remember that. I probably haven't seen it. I'm way behind on that show. <laughs> it got so complicated that I just started watching the same episode over and over and over and then just gave up on the I'm series. I'm still with it. it, but it is it no longer makes me laugh. It just makes you it just makes upset. Me, it just makes me think. It just makes you think. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So in this one, we see some um, guy in an apple orchard picking apples, and you think it's going to be for some like sort of like apple juice or apples. Around here, we like to keep things simple and honest. Sure do. That's why at Progressive, we show your rates from other companies, even if they're lower than ours, so you can choose what's best for your family. Comparing rates used to be a hard day's work, but... Not with AutoQuote Explorer. Now that's Jamie in there, who's part of the kind of wider they, they call them universe the squad. now. The squad. Uh, he, by the way, has been trying to chop wood, but he can't get his hatchet out of the stump. <laughs> A little kid offers to help. Need me to help again? No. So join us and taste why Progressive is the name people trust. Sorry, are we talking about apples now or insurance? <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> and the article does talk about the squad, right? The 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 opening up of the casting doors to bring more people in here. Yeah, I'm trying to. Find, sorry, this is so long, and I can't I can't find any of the things that I that I wanted to talk about. But there's there's a great part in here. Oh yeah, here it is, where they they kind of open out the campaign mm -hmm. this to keep it from wearing out, as I described earlier. Um, so they are perpetually altering the ads to keep them more novel. They've done spots in the style of a fuzzy 1970s after school special. I believe that's the one that I love where she uh -huh. says, he says, she, she says, I'm lactose intolerant. And she's, she's like, but you're drinking milk. And he goes, no, no, it's just, I'm just, it's just lactose. That I'm intolerant <laughs> of. Um, it has introduced coworkers, the squad, not to supplant flow, but to further develop her character. And we've talked about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, are they lining her up successors? But that doesn't seem to be the, the issue. This is really interesting. They have the squad so that she can interact with her colleagues more brusquely than she could with customers. Yeah. So she can have, she, it can like make her, it can more develop her, uh, her range of like emotions and characters and things mm -hmm. that she can do. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. We've talked about that a lot because at some point, you know, 15 years is a long time. So even though they're saying not to replace her, but to give her an opportunity to kind of be brusque with somebody, which yeah. we also see with her playing every member of her family. Right. Which I, I want to play something on that in a second. Um, but I do have this commercial here. Um, I can't tell. So this is like before it's the full squad. They're just introducing Jamie. This is going back probably seven or eight I years do think now. If I have one quibble with this article, and I understand it's already like 6,000 words, and it's about Stephanie Courtney, I wish they had just touched a little bit on this actor who plays Jamie because he has really emerged mm -hmm. as a pretty fleshed out part of this universe and like someone that she has like a relationship with. And I wish that she'd maybe they'd maybe just touched on that a little bit. So in this uh, commercial from quite a while back now, we are kind of being introduced to the Jamie character. But there's also a bunch of other progressive like uh, colleagues of theirs in a break room somewhere. But notably, it's none of the other people from the so-called squad now. Yeah. Um, and again, we're talking about the progressive they didn't make squad. The cut. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking this about the not squad AOC. in Congress. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But we see that uh, uh, around a break table. And by the way, this break room is all like 
I can't remember the wonderful word that Katie used at the very beginning of the article to describe the um, Eldritch White. Eldritch White. Yes, <laughs> this is another Eldritch Eldritch White break room sort of scenario in that uh, progressive universe. And Jamie is just like chugging a whole. He's pounding these little cartons of milk. <laughs> uh, I think I said milk, <laughs> like Jim Harbaugh. Milk, and then Flo comes in. Milk, 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 milk. Okay, phone's over. See, brusque. Thirsty? They said it would make me cool. They don't sound cool to me. Guess not. You gotta stick up for yourself. Like with the name your price tool. People tell us their budget, not the other way around. Aren't you lactose intolerant? This isn't lactose, it's milk. <laughs> 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 that has that 70s sort of, it's, you, there's even a hitch in the film yeah. as if you're watching that on a projector in class. Yeah, so they've done all these creative things and they've kept expanding the universe, but without um, taking it so far away from what really makes it good. And I do think that that is a testament primarily to Stephanie Courtney's ability to hold the center. The only ones, and I'm not saying these are bad commercials, the only ones that would be like, I guess, near the bottom of my favorites list of the flow-centered commercials. Of the Superstore campaign. Yes, are the ones where she plays various characters in her family. And it's not that she doesn't do a good job. Yeah. I mean, there's one where she plays a whole, like she plays her grandpa and her sister and another generation and herself, right? Yes. I actually, I'm kind of with you. I think the ones where she plays five or six, like, relatives don't work for me as well. I'm kind of coming around on her awful, like, just her terrible sister, Mm -hmm. who is just this, like, shallow, L.A., like, kind of Kardashian-esque woman who just is totally out to lunch and is totally, like like self-absorbed and vain and doesn't like is and it seems so different like she's she really I think she's having a lot of fun with it and I think she does a good job of bringing that character to life I do enjoy seeing Stephanie Courtney like kind of flex a little bit however they're complicated the just like through direction or concept I find them the hardest to follow including this one, I watched this again, maybe just sort of like, you know, during a football game or something. So I wasn't able to like kind of pause it and dissect it. And I saw this one so many times in the wild, as you would say. And I was still sort of confused by the end of it. Um, this is one that's been in pretty heavy rotation for a few months now, I think. And um, Flo is at her awful sister's place um and her sister's on like an exercise bike just barely like kind of like biking along while she's watching um some sort of home shopping network on television which that's kind of funny but also kind of a dated reference anyway (laughs) and it's clear that she just keeps on buying all kinds of shit she doesn't need and then asking like can this be covered by progressive um but the thing is there are so there's so many jokes in here and it's shot sort of confusingly that I feel like you can't tell what shit is. And then at the very end, like Flo's sister just points at the TV and says, would that be covered? And you can't tell what it is. I now know because I paused it. Right. Um, And 
then there's a moment where she's calling into the home shopping network and she's saying, am I on TV right now? But it's a little bit confusing because we're watching TV. <laughs> Have you seen this commercial as I describe it? I've seen it, but I think that you're right that I, I've let it wash over me without really absorbing the plot. It's a bit of a jumble and I'm always confused at the end. Now I think I get it now that I actually sat down to watch it on my computer today. What even is this? Don't touch my things, gross. Janice, when you bundle your home or renters with your auto, Progressive provides 24-7 protection for almost everything you own. But do you really need my weighted hoop? It's for my snatched waist. It's my dog okay, taste. and that might me just that might just be me being stupid. But my weighted hoop—that's for my snatched waist. That sounds like a thing that's cool uh, amongst young people. That yeah, I don't understand. maybe I'm just too old for this. But yeah, I think that's where the commercial begins to lose me. Twenty-four-seven protection for almost everything you own. But do you really need my weighted hoop? It's for my snatched waist. It's my dog chase lounger. Foot treadmill. That's my Tuesday chalice. Purse that says purse. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy chamber. I can't live without oxygen. Solid gold coffee machine. Lake making kit. Really? <laughs> Okay. okay, so I can't live without oxygen is a very funny line. I love that. Also, the lake making kit. Flo's just holding this giant box that says lake making kit accessories included. Fill and rise lake. Um, and then at the very end, I think her sister Janet points at the TV. Janice. Oh, sorry. Janice points at the TV. Really? Can Progressive cover that too? Yes. But... Hi, it's Janice. I'll take five. Is my voice on TV right now? <laughs> so anyway, a little bit jumbled for me. I looked up snatched waist, and it's just some new fitness trend where you have an extra like wasp waisted look that you get from some kind of horrific workout. I see. And then the thing that's on TV that I had to pause and zoom in on is a bedazzled foam frother for $30. Frothing has never looked so good. But I feel like it's such a quick shot, and it's a weirdly hard to decipher shot on the TV within the TV Yeah, that you're confused and then she says am I on TV right now I found the whole thing to be a bit of a jumble I liked some of the jokes I like that quick cut you know lake making kit mm -hmm. um, dog chaise lounge uh, like she has like a like a treadmill that just runs on its on its own with like fuzzy slippers that you put your feet in like I kind of liked the the weird useless trendy products that uh that they've that they showcase and again this is just worth reading so you can sort of see how katie weaver sort of wraps this up but i like the kind of moment of reflection at the end which is you're stephanie courtney you had to make well maybe not sacrifices but you didn't get your immediate wishes fulfilled yeah. when you started in the industry right and you didn't she didn't dream of being known as an insurance hawker right she dreamed of being an actor and she's very honest and she's so comes across as so likable in this piece but she's really honest about the things that this has kind of foreclosed on she's like mm -hmm. talks about how she has a project that she's working on that she's writing and she's like but nobody wants to hear from the progressive lady about yeah some feature film that she's writing um, but she, in, she assumed that she'd have more kind of creative endeavors. Not yeah. that there isn't a lot of creativity in this, but they're insurance commercials. Yeah. She thought she'd be in films and TV shows and projects with her friends. That but she, she also could talks about what it's like about. to be financially secure exactly. and like what that means. And the article really does close with a really interesting reflection. Like you, you know, think about what would you trade for total? If you could trade for total financial security. Would you would you give up the ability 
And it's so weird. Like, no, there's no law that she can't go do other things, but yet she can't go mm-hmm. do other things. This actually happened to um, George Reeves, um, who played Superman in the 50s. He actually had a role, I think a, a speaking role, although not a huge role in From Here to Eternity. Um, and people, test when they did test screenings of it, people laughed and it took them out of the movie oh, because really? they recognized him as Superman. And so he was yeah. like, this was, he's like, just like, you know, anyone who goes into acting, like he dreamed of being an actor in a serious way. He had this enormous success, but it also like closed off a bunch of avenues that were like, I think very hard for him to live with. After he had booked that Superman role, this is interesting and I think even more complex because she was having, like anybody would who's just trying to get their start in in you know, creative endeavors in Hollywood, but she was already being rejected out of hand when she was at the top of her improv game and all of her colleagues thought she was the funniest person in the room, but she was still being, she was still being rejected by SNL and the things that she wanted to do. So she ends up finding a type of success that must in many ways be even more successful than Maybe then she could not that she could have hoped for, but expected. But it does continue to limit her as far as getting other roles. And yet, as this article points out, she is arguably, by some measures, one of the most successful. She's had one of some of the greatest success that mm-hmm. any actor. I mean, many many actors get neither. Right? Yeah. They don't get to do what they dreamed of creatively and they also don't make $10 million or whatever huge sum she has amassed over these years. And I don't think the article specifically says this, but I would also argue, and again, I haven't walked in her shoes. I have no idea what it's like to be her or even to be in that industry. But I would argue that the role that she has landed that has now been this definitive role that she can't break out of still affords her way more creativity as an actor and a comedian as a performer than so many other similar roles like Jake from State Farm he could do that for 15 years he's charming enough but there there's no there's not a lot of fun in his role in those commercials he's the he's the straight person for Mahomes to get off the jokes or Andy Reid or whatever you know what I mean you know who I think has split the difference really admirably hmm. is Mayhem Dean Winters yeah that's true Dean Winters has done some serious I mean serious like he's done a lot of comedic acting he's also done some serious roles but he's he I think he got to the mayhem roles maybe after he had established himself a mm-hmm. little bit more. So mayhem is one thing that he is known for, but it's not the only thing that he's known for. Yeah. And bottom line, I think we just need to send this episode to both Katie Weaver and Stephanie Courtney and <laughs> see if we can all be friends. Right. Like That would be the best outcome, I think, for everyone. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. <laughs> You said this is going to be a long show, but I did not expect that to go that long. Sorry, I basically read that whole article. I'm sorry if it was boring, but I it was. I'm so fascinated by it, and it's such a wonderful exploration of all these questions that I've had about Stephanie Courtney and the and the Flow campaign for years. Yeah, and also I just got to say, please still read the article. If nothing else, you have to read it. Got to read the caviar for, story for the scene about caviar yeah. and Katie Weaver arguing with her boss <laughs> boss about. <laughs> 
<laughs> about expensing it. It is some of the funniest writing. A lot writing. of the commenters who got it and loved the article were like, let Katie Weaver eat as much caviar as she wants. I love it. Um, okay, so I played that music because we are going to move on for the With Love From Me to YouTube segment. This is where I find old commercials on VHS tapes and I upload them to YouTube and I talk about them here. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is a commercial from about 1995, I think. I think this came from more of that FX programming from the mid-90s that I've been finding on a lot of these tapes, and it's for AT&T. But keep in mind, this is AT&T landline service, of course. It's 1995. Cell phones are not, like, ubiquitous. But it stars a, or, or it features a testimonial from a limo driver, and that's all I'm going to say. Let, I'm going to play this commercial for you and then get your reaction, Genevieve, because maybe there is not a lot to react to here. I don't know. I, I found it curious. You have a limo driver. His basic pitch here is because I'm a limo driver, I'm on the road a lot, I'm in different states, and I need a deal that will cover me no matter where I am, not just calling home or what have you. Um, and again, it's sort of like I'm so trained to think, oh, this must be for cell phone coverage. But it's not. It's just like he's around a lot and he's in various places. And so this is about the coverage. Um, and then the rest is just testimonial from him as you see him sort of polishing his car, getting in and out of his limo. My life is busy. I'm not the hermit crab. I go all over. But MCI friends and family's calling card discount only covered my calls to home. So I got AT&T True Reach Savings. It's the only way I can save 25% on every type of call on my AT&T phone bill, no matter who I call in the U.S. AT&T True Reach Savings. Save 25% when you spend just $25 a month. I never stop. Why should my savings? AT&T True Reach Savings. That's your true choice. AT&T. Reactions? If I just, like, I barely understand... And I lived through it. I barely understand how a calling card works. <laughs> and I it's, I love imagining showing this to anyone under the age of 25 and saying, like, what do you describe for me how this product functions? And who who gets paid? Who pay, who pays who what? And he sets it up by saying, well, the competitor only gives me the discount yeah, rate. Yeah, I remember that company. Yeah, when I call home. Yeah. And I don't understand why being a limo driver, you're still going to be calling home a lot. So I don't quite well, I understand. Get it. He's, he's going to have to call his clients. His clients. And, sure, yeah. I, I think it's bananas that you would ever have. I mean, is that true? Was there a calling card that only... Gave you a discount if you called your home? I mean, I'm assuming that that's not that's, totally made up. So Do you think weird. it's also interesting that, okay, so they choose a limo driver for this because they want somebody yeah. who's on the road a and lot. And what, you have a card and you dial the number that's on the card and that like... Yeah, I used to have that. Did you not have a calling card? I guess I did. I guess my... when I especially I went to... I went abroad briefly and I feel like I was given a number, like a 20-digit mm -hmm. number or some crazy shit like that. Maybe it was on a plastic card. I can't recall. But I had to dial this crazy number. Yeah. And then that allowed me to whatever the cost of the phone call was, was like drastically reduced. And sometimes you called a different number for you call 1-800-something, right. I think. But then, then you and type then in you type in your, your 20 code. different digit. <laughs> yeah, because. Um, oh, my God. Because Captain, what was work? Captain Kirk's or um, William Shatner? He yeah, had, was that MCI? He, maybe it was MCI, or, and it was, it was like you had to dial a bunch of numbers before you dialed the number. Then you would input your numbers, and it was bananas. I also just think this is interesting. They're like, okay, we're gonna have a limo driver, and is it a stereotype that limo drivers are often is what, is that an Eastern European accent? I can't tell what the accent is, and I'm wondering if that's 
if there's a reason they were casting for that, it or they just liked this guy. Okay, like maybe Greek Mediterranean. Or Italian or something. And I don't know if that, like, in the mid '90s, was that like kind of a trope of limo drivers, or just happens to be this guy. And also, I just like it. I'm not a hermit crab. Like, <laughs> my life is busy. I'm not the hermit crab. I go He's not all the over. hermit crab. <laughs> not the hermit crab. It's He's not just, the hermit crab. It's such a weird pitch to me. And you're right. It is definitely. I mean, no arguing this. It is definitely of its time. Oh my god. It's just. It's wild to me that we remember that you and I are old enough to remember a time bef- when that was new technology when that was a new idea yeah that you could make a long distance phone call from somewhere else and s- pay what felt like very little money per minute or whatever it was such a revelation such an, an innovation yeah and to now look at that and it is like you know the invention of the wheel or something it's so it seems like so ancient i think of those calling cards when we would be traveling and it was just instilled in me yeah. that you do not touch the hotel phone like i would i was under the impression that even if you call yes someone locally your parents just are going to be billed a million and a half million dollars if you touch the hotel phone uh, also, I still believe that you will be billed a million dollars if you take anything out of the mini bar. Yes, there's an interesting piece about that. I think it was written for the Seattle Times over the weekend that I kind of wanted to talk to you about, but now this just seems like a very inappropriate time to bring it up now that I think of it. <laughs> now that it's I sort of say, uh, inappropriate. But it's basically sort of a travel analyst uh, who was making the case that some hotels are definitely giving us things we don't need or basically the hotel industry as a whole right now is giving us some things we don't need and not giving us things that we would much prefer. Right, and like it was, room service. And it was making weird... Or rather, not, not room service, but maid service. Right. Housekeeping. Weirdly, it didn't even bring up housekeeping, which oh. I thought was a huge flaw of the piece I was reading. Um, but it did make the argument that landlines are no longer needed in hotel in hotel rooms and yeah, that we fair. should get rid of that and maybe even the alarm clocks as well because we have them on our phone yeah but like that scares me like i don't know why i haven't used and, and as the piece said the only purpose of that phone is to call the front desk right and aside from that you're going to use your cell phone for everything but i sort of feel like well one of the things we used to do in hotels was request a wake-up call you know, and you take out the <laughs> yeah, phone and the thing. alarm clock, you're really totally counting on your cell phone there. But what the hell? I rely on my cell phone to wake up every goddamn morning when I'm not traveling. Why yeah, somehow I? we managed to get out of bed without a wake up call from the hotel. Yeah. I remember when like when Seinfeld was new, there was like you could you could have a wake up call service in your home. Right, because wasn't there an episode where Elaine's dating a, a wake up call guy? Oh, and I didn't know that. She causes him to oversleep and miss his miss waking people up in in your home not in, in a home. hotel yeah, oh I no so. i didn't i, w- I was unfamiliar i might with be that, misremembering but. that but i mean it was a weird time so you man. would say yeah get rid of phones and get rid of uh, alarm clocks in hotel rooms that wouldn't bother you i mean if there's a trait if i can get something better in return yeah i mean what's that going to save them not much yeah anyway we are pretty far off base here have i played the ad council music yet no uh, all right, you want to you want to speed through this? Wow, you're really jumping all over the music. We wait for the post in this house. All right. All right. Genevieve. Now I can talk. <laughs> do you want to just do you want to like uh, 
boil this down to one or two here. Yeah, actually, let's do that if you don't mind. Yeah. Let's just this, talk about this first one that I mentioned at the beginning of the show and also set up on last week's show as well from Alexis. Do you want to read this? Um, yes. With Christmas commercials back in rotation, I wanted to share this Philly favorite with you. Originally shot in the 90s, it has been a Philly staple every year. However, about 10 years ago, they reshot it shot for shot, line for line, using very similar looking actors. That commercial is still in rotation today. I guess the old one was just starting to wear thin or whatever, and they wanted to keep it going. <laughs> Thought you guys would enjoy a bit of commercial history from the Philly area. We definitely do. Yeah. Now, the most interesting thing about what a weird that concept. to our listeners is going to be what's in that email because the rest of this is very visual, but it is amazing. Somebody on YouTube took the PA Lottery Christmas commercial, old and new, and... I love them for this. Set them up side by side because I really thought I was going to have to like yeah. open up two screens on my computer. God bless Set it up you, side YouTuber. by side, and it's just like some. I mean, it's not even that more modernized. It's just like cleaner shots. You see groups of people singing carols. The old one is a little blurrier and further away, and the cars are old. You see, the cars are from the nineties. Barely the new, different. The new shot eliminates cars altogether, which yeah. I think you would probably do in in this day and age, and also adds to the longevity of this um let's take a we see let's see it begins with kind of an older gentleman um swinging open his windows in his nice home on the like second ebenezer floor or something style. ebenezer scrooge Boy, style what day is it while people are um uh, singing uh, in the in the street below or in his yard below this holiday season my good friend gave to me By the way, this audio is also overlaid. So I was so curious, like it, it, it was exact up so until close. about that moment. You could just hear it change a little bit there. That's wild. You know, did um, they even have the same decoration on their songbooks? Yeah, th that's right. A, a big snowflake on red, very specifically um, the same. And, and they I, are very similar looking actors. It's a, they are it's a similar. It's yeah, a beautiful Asian woman is kind of the the featured. Uh, singer in both in both of these, yeah, yeah and an older woman say. with white hair and a black hat. Yep, um, that's wild. Yeah. So we see some guy. I guess it's the guy who flung open his windows at the beginning. He goes to a local. It looks like maybe coffee window somewhere. Same neon coffee cup in the in the coffee counter window. And he hands them a gift of the. But you again, know, none of these are tickets. the same. They're no. not they're not they're not the same thing. They are they are restaged with different objects that exactly recreate it. It's a shot by shot. It, this is incredible, this isn't is really it? really incredible. And you can hear the dialogue just, uh, you know, things... As the commercial goes on, you'll hear that the audio kind of separates a little bit more and more. Um, but it's incredible. So anyway, he hands them, you know, a gift. You know, presumably lotto tickets and a nice envelope. Happy holidays, Rita. Thanks, Joe. Pennsylvania lottery tickets make great gifts, like the new $20 Mary Millions. Do you hear how that um, audio almost sounds a little um, hollow sounding? Mm -hmm. That's because I think that is the exact same audio track. It's definitely the same voice actor, yeah. you can tell. And when you line up audio, ex you know, exactly, but it's just off by, I mean, I can't even tell you how much, like the, the, the fraction of a second, a yeah. fraction of a fraction of a second, you get that sort of hollow sound, which is why it sounds that way. $20 Mary Millions. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. 
they've have they decreased the amount of hot meals that they su- they support every oh yeah week? what was that uh at the very end here so it says in the old one says funding more than thirty two thousand two hundred prescriptions every day Okay, prescriptions. I see. And then the And then new now one. it says supporting more than 22,800 hot meals every day. So I, I guess see. a hot meal is worth less than the prescription. <laughs> Depends on the prescription. Yeah. Also, I, prescriptions, I think, is not something people can relate to as much now in terms of like it's, yeah, it's a just, charity effort. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, that is, I don't know, man. That's pretty fascinating. That is so wild. I am... I can't tell you how happy I am, Alexis, that you shared that with mm-hmm. us. And I really, not to toot our own horn, cannot think of a better venue for that news to be shared. <laughs> it feels like it's that specifically at us. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. I also really love the local nature of that. Like that would have not come onto my radar or, or our radar any other way. So thanks for sending that in. And maybe that's inspiration to others as well. Maybe specifically around the holidays. Like if you are, um, you know, living in an area where they roll out the same holiday commercials every year, or, or there's some sort of holiday advertising tradition or something, definitely yeah, send it our way. Definitely let us know. I think last week at the, season. at the end of the show, I don't think I think I was like in a rush to get out. Out of here or something and I forgot to tell people how to get at us yeah you can call us at 607 444 5597 that's 607 5597 you can sing us a little song if you want you can just uh, weigh in on anything you heard on the show or something you want us to talk about on the show 607 5597 if you want to email us it's after these messages show at gmail.com don't forget that show after these messages show at gmail.com you can also record yourself and attach it as an audio file if you'd rather do that and you can check out those uh, vintage commercials we've been posting to the YouTube page, just go to um, YouTube and look for After These Messages podcast. And that's how you'll find us. All right, Genevieve, what are we going to read for next week's show? (laughs) (laughs) I hope this wasn't too much of a drag. Do go read the article. It'll be posted on the Facebook page and also uh, in the show notes, Mm -hmm. uh, in your podcatcher. Um, But... It's fantastic. And if, you, if if I ruined this story with my reading of it, please go check out everything else Katie Weaver has That's written. That's right. And Katie, Stephanie, <laughs> get at us. Your best friends await. Kittens, puppies, 401ks, Vavos, yuppies.